Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of the show we call The Hangover. You know, there's so many kinds of hangovers, and I know all of us may have drank in our younger days. Some of us may drink now. I know Shannon's not much of a drinker. Shannon doesn't drink at all. I'm not much of a drinker. I don't know what kind of party and Tony does. I know he bowls. I don't know what he does. It's none of my business. I don't care. But the kind of hangovers that you experience in life, some are like, oh, what have I done? That was awful. I just need to sleep this off and never remember it. And the one is you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, my gosh, that was awesome last night. And this pain I'm feeling right now is worth it. So you're going to experience hangovers with us all season long. Hopefully they're better than they are bad. And when you're coming after a game, even though it was a preseason game, when when the result on the field was just as thrilling as the result on the scoreboard, then you know what? That's a good hangover and we celebrate. And who do I celebrate with? As always, I celebrate with two of my main guys, my Monday family here, Shannon White and Tony Defio. Gentlemen, how are you? Woo! I'm good. I'm all in. I'm all in. Tony's all in. Shannon, how are you, my friend? I, I need to grab my terrible towel back here and join in with Tony. You, you're welcome to if you want. <laughs> but but I'm doing all right. <laughs> all right, Shannon. We want to welcome Shannon back. And um, Shannon's had a rough couple of weeks. He was not on um, a few shows. He was on some shows, but not on all of them. Because Shannon, unfortunately, lost his mother-in-law um, over the weekend. And it was an illness uh, that lasted a couple of weeks where Shannon and his family were uh, were taking care of this. And by her side, lovingly, Shannon, welcome back. We are so sorry to hear about your mother-in-law and our blessings and our thoughts and prayers, as always, go out to your family. So uh, we're glad to have you back. Well, thank you all. Uh, I appreciate all the, I got different, you know, People sending me messages and texts and well wishes and, and all the thoughts and prayers. And it, it means a lot. I, I've always said that behind the still curtain is like a family, not just with my colleagues, but with the community. And, and, you know, in times like this, you know, you really see it and, and I do appreciate it. So thank you. Well, you know, definitely Shannon, we had uh we had a Yeti who uh, is one of our listeners that lost his mom big Steeler fan and he mentioned it on the live chat on Thursday and we had heard about that and we brought that up and uh we we do feel like that because you know what what we find out here is you're right our colleagues we're we're together all the time we have a slack channel we I've never been in the same room as Shannon I've never sh- had an opportunity to shake his hand but I've known him so well and I'm with him every week and we talk on the phone sometimes. We talk on the Slack all the time. Same with Tony. I've I've been in the same, not a room, but I've been in the same parking lot as Tony outside of when it was Heinz Field. You know, and so, you know, I've had different opportunities with, with all of these guys. But when it comes to the live chat, that's a special opportunity because we meet some people from the live chat. And we get messages from them when we're down, encouraging us. 
and telling us how we've encouraged them through rough times in their lives. And we become a family. And when somebody is gone for a while from the live chat, we start wondering and we mm -hmm. actually, we look into it and find out where they are because we have one thing in common. We love the Steelers. Some of us are more pessimistic than others, but we still, even though uh, we annoy each other, I annoy you, you might annoy me, anybody, <laughs> but it's one of those situations where we're bound by this team and we want to celebrate it together, but we're going to go through your lives and you're going to go through our lives together with us too. And uh, sometimes, my gosh, we're a diversion. And mm -hmm. the reason I love the Pittsburgh Steelers so much is because they're a diversion from the real life for me. You know, for those three, three and a half hours every single week and all this time that I spend with a website, it takes me away from my problems and it makes me uh, it makes me think of something that makes me happy. Not all the time does this team make us happy, but <laughs> it's uh, it's so great. And Pedro's upset. He's like, "Wait, I annoy you? <laughs> Not you, Pedro. You're okay. All of you. I, I love y'all, but just like family. My gosh, I annoy my family like crazy. I know. <laughs> I know. I've annoyed Tony. I've annoyed Shannon." I definitely annoyed Jeff and uh, I definitely annoyed Jeff and Dave all the time, but uh, they love me like brothers too, so I get it. But but anyways, um, I just wanted to bring the, that up, Shannon. Thank you for for uh, for thanking BTSC Nation because they are definitely so important to us. Mm -hmm. Now let's um, let me let me bring up. I did not see this, and I just saw Wes's reaction to Jared Devil here. Now that I looked up and I saw this, just lost my gramps last month. I understand the pain. Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether they're three or thirty, nine or ninety. We lose somebody we love. It's mm -hmm. it's definitely it's a loss. And if we can help anybody, you know, and the Steelers can help anybody from you know getting a little diversion from that. That's what we're all here for. Now. Speaking of diversions, that game on Saturday night, that was that was like something to take your, your troubles away because it was like a playoff fervor after that game. It's I I wasn't at the game. I know Jeffrey was, I know I know a Brosco was, but it felt like a playoff atmosphere. Because there was a different kind of excitement. Shannon, did you notice that kind of excitement with that game? It's been a long time since I've seen a preseason game that had that type of atmosphere. I mean, it's been a lot of years. Because with all the changes and all the unknowns, and, uh, and then to start out the game so well, and, you know, Trubisky leading them right down the field for the touchdown, and, and it just kind of like an avalanche from that point on. It, like you said, it had a playoff-like atmosphere, and the crowd was going crazy. And especially when Kenny Pickett come in. <laughs> oh, that that was amazing, Tony. When you noticed this game, and there's a lot to notice from this game, but the setup was different because Ben Roethlisberger, after 18 years, is not there, and there's so many questions that needed to be answered. And a lot of answers came 
a lot of them were favorable. And a lot of the things we were worried about, we're less worried about. And that's kind of the theme of the game. But do you think the way they won that game and answered those questions made this like a playoff fervor because people are feeling awesome right now after preseason game. And you're not supposed to feel awesome about after preseason game one because sometimes preseason week one offers so many more questions that you're like, oh, I didn't know we had that problem. Now we really do. Tony? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like I keep saying, I've been saying it for a while. It kind of feels like, 1992 when when Cal replaced Noah there's this, this weird kind of excited mm-hmm. excitable energy for the for who's going to be the new quarterback and you have three well probably two candidates but you have three guys that are that are that are that are uh competing for the job right now and and, and they all look really good um and of course you know Kenny Pickett coming in in the second half and and just really exciting the crowd and 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 playing as well as he did for for his first NFL game I just and, and then you combine that with this draft class and how many, how many guys uh, really did well on Saturday, obviously Pickens and, and uh, even Leal did, did okay. Connor Hayward, uh, Mark Robinson at the end there. So it just, it's just, you know, for, for the first game and, and for so many, for the three quarterbacks to do well and so many young players to, to do well and, and help contribute to the win. I, I just think that that contributed so much to the, to the fans, uh, the excitement, uh, and what we saw uh, at the end of the game on Saturday, that that just ratcheted up even more. So Wes asks us, he said he didn't see the game, but asked how the offense was flowing. And Wes, first of all, let me tell you, if you do get an opportunity, I think throughout the week and closer to now, NFL Network, it it will probably re-show that game a couple of times because they they do that. So you might have a chance to watch it. Um, I, in fact, I'm looking to watch it again just for the fact that uh, if you watch it on NFL Network, they took it away in the uh, after nine o'clock, and they kept on flashing back in and out. I went to Steeler Nation Radio, so I listened to it. So, um, but yeah, my answer to you there, Wes and Tyler W says something too, and I'm going to bring up Tyler W's comments. And uh, keep in mind the D plays are vanilla in the preseason, so Pickett still has a lot to learn in reading the defense. Yes. And one of my one of my answers the other night was about the defense and the offense. And the answer to the question about how they looked in this overall in this game, defenses in preseason to me, and this is my opinion, and I'm going to ask your opinion about that first. I think they have a harder job. I think it's easier to be a preseason offense than it is a preseason defense, and you're going to learn more about an offense, and some of the greatness could be masked, like Tyler W. was saying. Shannon, do you agree with that point? Um, <clears throat> execution, I think, is a little bit more precise for the offense, and so the defense a lot of times is a little bit ahead, uh, depending on what is called. Sometimes you just pin your ears back and run and go, and uh, you see that more and more as the game goes along. But um, I thought that the offense it was far from uh, crisp. They 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 kept making plays, you know. But I, I think that there was you seen some communication struggles in the interior offensive line. Uh, you seen you know Dan Moore, who's had a great camp, 
and has really took a step forward, but he missed the block badly uh, when uh, Rudolph got hit on his first play. Uh, yeah, there were some hiccups here and there, but uh, some some overthrows and some passes that, that honestly were open that were missed. Uh, but uh, I, I think that the, you know, if you, if you look at the Steelers, none of their defensive superstars were in there. So it was a lot of backups, hopefuls, and guys just fighting, you know, for a practice squad spot. So, um, you know, I'm not going to panic about that run defense quite yet. But uh, uh, I, I do say, will say that the secondary uh, held up uh, a lot better than I was expecting, considering who I wasn't playing. So, you know, there, there was good and there was pluses and minuses on both sides. So, Tony, let me ask you this, because when we're talking about the offense and a lot of people, there's a lot of people sticking up for Kenny. There's a lot of people not busting on Kenny, but just saying, hey, remember, he's playing up against third team defenses. Some are saying, hey, it doesn't matter. Ten straight, when you complete ten straight, doesn't matter what defenses you're doing it against. That means that you've got something. We talked about this at the beginning of the show, Tony excuse me, before the show, and we talked about the fact that if you show what you have in preseason and you look better, you look better, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, you have it in you to do so. So when you look at the offense as a whole, they look pretty good, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And, and you know, none of the – other than George Pickens, who I can't believe I'm saying this, is, is, a, is a first stringer, everybody else as far as the skill position – position players were, were, were out. So, you know, that's, you know, starts right there for Trubisky and, you know, Rudolph also had to deal with that. And then, you know, when, when, when the picket came in, it was all, yeah, he was playing against third stringers, but he, he was also playing with third stringers, you know, but regardless, it was his first professional experience. And, you know, I can't even imagine what that's like to, to what's, what's going through your mind and the stuff that you have to process and, and yeah, maybe he didn't have a lot of progressions uh, when he would step back to pass, but I'm sure there were some. So, you know, t- to be as poised as he was, I thought that was really encouraging uh, for his, again, for his first professional game. So yeah, you know, if he shows this right away, you know, what he showed on Saturday, then imagine you know, if he keeps improving what you could see when he's in there with the, with the ones, when he's in there with, with, you know, George Pickens and Claypool and Najee Harris and Fryermuth and all those guys. So, you know, uh, I, I think that there's nothing that, but you can't be anything but encouraged from what you saw from Kenny Pickett and really all three of those guys on Saturday. Shannon, I made this comment on the post game show the other night, and I'm going to hold to it when I say I don't want to see Mitch Trubisky with the ones again. Saw Mitch Trubisky, I was pleased with him with the ones. We need to in four with four preseason games that we used to have as Steeler fans now with only three well you've got to see different guys in that spot I definitely think we need to see Kenny Pickett in that spot I definitely think we need to see Mason Rudolph in that spot who do you think should get the next spot as far as against number ones well based on the current quarterback depth chart uh he would be Rudolph uh, this week, uh, running with the the first team, and uh, you know, as you said, with three games, there, there's a three headed quarterback uh, competition. So, I would assume that it'll be Rudolph this week, 
And then based on the results of what it, this game looks like coming up, uh, they might give, you know, Pickett, let him start out and maybe give him the majority of the playing time in the first half, especially if they have end up settling on uh, Trubisky or Rudolph as the starter. You know, if they if they have a, a picking order down, I think you'll see a lot of Kenny Pickett and maybe even Oladokun uh, in the third game. So Jersey Boy 70 says Kenny played with the first team in practice today. Well, love it. Tony, let me ask you this. The reception that Kenny Pickett got when he came into that game, <laughs> how did that make you feel? I mean, I thought it was I thought it was great. I mean, I, I think it's 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 a great story. It's a beautiful story because, you know, uh obviously he played at Pitt for five years and, and he had such a magical season in 2021. He led them to the AFC, ACC championship. Maybe that's a Freudian slip in a good way. He led them to the ACC championship uh, last year. It was their biggest moment in 40-plus years since Marino <laughs> threw that that uh, touchdown in the uh, Sugar Bowl back in 81. So Georgia. I, I thought it was, yeah, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. I remember watching that game as a little kid. Me too. Uh, it, it, was a, it was a fantastic uh, night, and, and you know, he – he delivered the goods, uh, you know, so to speak, you know, uh, for his first NFL game. And, and, uh, you know, I get, I get why the fans were, were where they are with uh, Kenny Pickett. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they wanted to see him and, and, and uh, it, it was a great party for, for two full quarters. So uh, I, for, for, for them to be chanting his name for the entire second half, <laughs> I mean, that's something you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can try to script it, but, but you know, unless unless it's spontaneous, it, it, it's it's going to come off phony. And, and it, it was it was uh, one of the more spontaneous and uh, authentic reactions I've seen in Heinz Field or Aftershore Stadium in a long time. Shannon, <laughs> are you like me? Did you have a little bit of a tear in your eye when you saw all the blue and gold, all those young men that play for the Pitt Panthers there cheering for their boy Kenny P? I don't know if I'd say tear mine. Now, remember, I'm a Mountaineer fan. So, yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I, I'll root for Pitt as long as they ain't playing WVU. But um, I thought it was it was awesome to see all that support for him from his teammates. You know, realize what a big deal this is. I mean, to be drafted by your, you know, the team that you, you played in college in that city. And, and so he already has a connection with the fans. You can just tell when he's in Pittsburgh, he's relaxed. He's, he's like you say, Joe Cool. And and he's very likable, and all the fans love him. And he's already uh, ahead of the game. He didn't have to, to earn it so much as as he kind of inherited it uh, from, <laughs> from his college days. But it, it's good to see that support uh, across the board. Now, I got to bring this up, Tyler W., and I'm bringing this up for a reason, because I love when kids <laughs> – watch games and make comments about it because they're all over the place but i've got something to, to add on to that my teenage sister's thoughts on the game picket is hot <laughs> picket is a good looking man yeah. i have no problem saying that and to quote george costanza i say this with a staunch record of heterosexuality that kenny picket is a is a cover boy, man. He's he would have been on Teen Beat back in the day, Teen Beat magazine back in the or Tiger Beat, Teen Beat yeah. 17. He would have been on all of those. Um, he's your proverbial golden boy, yeah. But I was at a uh, I was at a, a party for my nephew who is turned 30, a surprise party for him in uh, in Pennsylvania, 
yesterday. And uh, my nephew, who's an Eagles fan, but he's a good boy. He's a uh, Jason. Happy birthday. Um, good kid. Even though he's an Eagles fan, we're, <laughs> we're going to go to that game together. So we'll have fun. But um, I was at the party and my mom was like, did you see that Mitch? Oh, my gosh. Is he good looking? <laughs> she, she thinks my mom is 75. She thinks Mitch is hot. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, usually you're like, "Oh, mom," and I'm like, "I'm like, good for you. You know who Mitch is." Well, that's how I'm my like, mom. That's how my mom is. She's 71 with uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Russell Wilson. She's uh, big fans of them. Uh, and their there, there you go. I, I so, and then uh, you know what everybody thinks about about uh, the Ultimate Bachelor, Mason Rudolph. I mean, everyone thinks he's a good looking guy too. Um, I'm going to talk about Mason because we just talked about Kenny Pickett's reaction. Mason Rudolph had the opposite reaction from the fans. And I'm going to say this and I'm my apologies, but not apologies. If you were a part of the, uh, the factions that were booing them, I kind of thought it was despicable because he's one of our guys. And I don't think he should have been booed. Tony, you wrote an article about that. And oh my gosh, before we do that, I, I got to bring up my man. Keep her away from Zach Wilson, bad. Oh. <laughs> yes, I am going boom, to boom. keep. I'm, I'm going to keep my mom away from Zach Wilson. But hey, I mean, I mean, if that's worth some, if that's worth some dollars, and yeah. In mom's pocket. I mean, I we could do a uh, what was that movie with Redford and uh, Woody Harrelson and Demi Moore? Indecent proposal. <laughs> All right, this is getting off the rails. Tony, <laughs> you didn't like it either. Oh uh, no. Well, yeah, it just reminded me too much. It's just like okay, Ben was here for eighteen years, and we didn't have really any of that other than with Landry Jones a little bit, and, and of course Mason as backups. So they, they, the fans got to scratch their itch that way. Uh, but b- before Ben, it was like that with every quarterback just about, <laughs> whether it was Neil O'Donnell, Mark Malone. Obviously, Cordell Stewart got it. Uh, 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 Cliff Stout even a little bit. Uh, uh, David Woodley for, for a little bit. But, yeah, it was definitely more pronounced with guys like Malone and O'Donnell and then Stewart. And then, uh, you know, Ben comes along after Tommy Maddox, you know, excites the city for a year or two. Uh, and then he he has his great career, and now he retires, and now we're back to this again. And the reason why I wrote it is because it, it just reminded me of those days, like you know how the fans were kind of. I get it, you know, you know, Mason Rudolph's probably not going to be the starter. He's probably not going to beat out Trubisky or or, or or Pickett, and he's probably not starter material. But you know, he did play. He, he, you know, he did play a little bit better on Saturday, I thought, and it, but that's before he. That was even, you know, the booze came before before he gave them a chance to to show them that he improved uh, a little bit. I thought it was the best he ever looked. I mean, he had he had some uh, bad moments, but the point is, they were ready to boo him just because he was Mason Rudolph. And you know, really, when we're talking about Trubisky and Pickett, it's just going to take you know a couple of bad years, and it's going to be that way with those guys. You know, and then it's it's it's, it's you know one one or both of those guys, it's, they're going to get the same kind of treatment. We don't think so right now because we're in love with both of them, especially Kenny. The lust is real for that guy. But <laughs> as soon as as soon as they you know maybe don't measure up and prove that you know show us that they're on the level of a big Ben Roethlisberger, they're going to get that same kind of treatment. So 
that was kind of you know i just it just reminded me so much of, of when i was a kid and the things i heard and saw and the, the the horrible phone calls i would hear at the talk shows about especially cordell stewart i mean it was just every day and I, it just reminded me of that and and uh you know like there's no like i just want people to have an open mind about the guy there is a, you know you can't get better as a quarterback i mean there is a, it doesn't happen very often but you know he's had 17 career appearances and that's a season's worth now over five years. So, you know, who's to say he can't get better. It has happened in the past. Shannon white. I talk all the time about, and I said it, I was talking to one of my mom's friends today and I no, no Zach Wilson jokes. She's 75 <laughs> too. I've known her. I mean, my mom's known her since she was in third grade. We keep that away. But you know, all I'm going to say is I was telling her, thank goodness Cell phones weren't around in the 1980s when I was in high school. She was one of our chaperones on band trips, and that's why I brought that up. And I was telling her, I'm like, you realize how much how much I pulled that your husband didn't catch me doing? And she's like, I, I think he knew. I think he overlooked it. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I brought that up. Can you imagine if the internet was around from 1970 to 1975, Ooh. would there be a Terry Bradshaw? Would there be four Super Bowls on this with this Pittsburgh Steeler team, Shannon White? No, I I don't think so at all. The, <laughs> the Steelers have never done knee jerk reactions, which you know, not I ain't talking about our our wonderful article, the big bro does for us here at behind the steel curtain, but they they don't do the knee jerk reactions. They they've always been more level headed, even back in the 70s. But, you know, there's so much pressure now from the fan base because everybody's voice is heard. You know, some people's voice is totally illogical, but you still hear it. You know, they post it and they they share it on any form of social media. And, uh, you know, booing, I never understand booing your own players, booing the home team. I, I you know, that's something that, that I have never done. Uh, whether I, I, you know, personally like certain things about them or not, if they got the Pittsburgh Steelers uniform on, I'm cheering for them. Um, so I, I think that was that wasn't uh, our finest moment uh, uh, for Steelers fans, whoever was booing. Um, but you know, then again, when as the game went on, we seen some of the. You know, I, I said if that one Seattle safety had in, held on to that one interception, you know, would everybody have viewed the quarterback's performance differently, uh, specifically Mason Rudolph's? Because some of the things that he's done in the past is he'll have his really strong moments. He throws a really good deep ball. You know, that pass to Pickens was just excellent on both ends, the throw and the great toe tap by a guy that looks, who looks like he's going to be a superstar. But there's also, you know, the overthrows, the underthrows, and, and, and the one throw right into coverage that should have been intercepted. Um, you know, maybe that will be cleaned up. There's been some talk that, uh, that Connor Hayward should have – didn't run exactly the, the route that he was supposed to, and that's why that happened. I, I, I can't confirm nor deny that. But uh, we'll see. we still got two more preseason games to go, and – Regardless of what happens, uh, you know, like fan base, 
and and we don't boo our own guys. We don't boo the Steelers. So hopefully, hopefully we won't see any more of that. But like, if to answer your question, man, Bradshaw would have been run out of town on a rail because <laughs> people you people think they know how bad he played. You know, those were really bad teams though. He he didn't have a lot of help on offense back then, but but he was really really bad. And uh, he would have never got the opportunities today that he got back then. And George Teston says it: Mason's first four years stats are way better than Bradshaw's first four years. And yeah, that's true. And, you know, to Tony's point, and it's funny because back in the eighties, back in the seventies and eighties, the talk shows weren't as bad as they were in Cordell's time and the yeah. football talk. I mean, there's just so much more in Cordell's time and then even now, I mean, like, it's it's crazy how much we know. We, uh, yeah. you know, one of my favorite movies is a movie called Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox. And there was a line about the town where she's, where, uh, where the, his love interest in this movie says, you can't pee in this town without everybody knowing what color it is. <laughs> and that's, and, and that's something I've always kept with me. I mean, people, I mean, you know now with any football team any team that you that you follow you know about every little thing and the stuff that went on in preseason in the 70s and 80s them skipping out of dorms all the fun stuff and crazy stuff they did nobody knew about it right. until years later when they put it in books and it's the statute of limitations just like i told my dad this weekend some of the stuff that I pulled over on him when I was a kid. I'm like, I'm 50. You can't punish me now. And he's like, you did that really? And he's laughing. I mean, I'm like, I can do it now. Cause now he's proud of it. But back then I would have been grounded for life. Um, so, you know, th that's the thing about that. So I agree. Look, the booing, it's not necessary because you might need him someday. And what and if, what if somebody gets, hurt? I'll get to you in a second, Tony. Okay. What if somebody gets hurt? Yeah, and Mason comes in and to to the playoffs to the Super Bowl. It's possible, right? It's possible, yeah. and you might need that experience. We saw right. a, a ton of people get hurt back in 2019. Yeah. Also, you benefit better if Mason Rudolph plays better in these preseason games right. for a few reasons. I'm not talking about the T word. We will talk about it. I promise. I'll, I'll bring up a trade, but. If Mason Rudolph plays well, it pushes the others. If the other guys don't play well and Mason Rudolph plays well, then you've got a decision. But after the first game, the first preseason game, you know you've got some good stuff. Kenny Pickett was good. Could he be better? Of course he can. Mitch Trubisky was good. Could he be better? Of course he can. But you know what they have in them, and you're a lot of people are a lot more comfortable with a quarterback situation than they were. But still, you take the fact that Mason threw two touchdown passes, Kenny threw two, Mitch threw one. But still, Tony, if I had you rank these guys, don't think about just after one game, if you were making a depth chart after one game with without anything, without thinking about anything, just performances, how are you ranking the depth chart? I thought I thought maybe it's just because I, I know he's a veteran, but I thought Trubisky looked calm and cool and poised. I thought he I mean he only played two series. Um, but based on just overall uh, performance, what I saw uh, 
and because he was in there for an entire half, I'd probably put Pickett second. But that's just based on performance. Uh, but they all, all three of them look good. <coughs> I thought, I thought all, all three looked good, and 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 uh, I'm encouraged by uh, what I saw from 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 Pickett uh, naturally. But I'm also encouraged by the improvement I saw from from Rudolph, and and you know, so I, I think it's a good. I mean, they all all three finished with over. 100 passer rating and that's without their stars and you know so i mean it's that's a that's a good thing that's a good problem to have shannon are you doing the same thing trubisky one picket two mitch uh, mason three yes part of the reason why is you've seen both trubisky and pickett's mobility and you know if the offensive line is gonna they looked really good run blocking which is easier than the communicating for pass protection, which hopefully they'll be able to clean, clean that up pretty easily. But, you know, if they can generate that running game, then with the mobility factor of Trubisky, I think he would, you know, he would be the, the guy, especially with his experience, you know, that would go into the season as the starter um, because they're going to need that mobility to extend some of these drives and, like he did, you know, one time he kind of did a really good bend impression. He shrugged off a guy, and, and I think he ran for like six, seven yards. So it's been a long time since we've seen that around uh, Pittsburgh. The, go ahead, sorry. Tony. I'm sorry. I, I just have a quick question for, uh, about this competition. Do you – just uh, after Saturday's game, it doesn't even feel like a competition anymore. I think the way they handled it with, with uh, Mitch uh, getting just two series, that's what you would normally see from a – a guy that you expect to be the starter in week one. And with only three preseason games, it just doesn't seem like there's enough time to really have a competition at this point. But I mean, it it could change, I guess, based on what happens in practice uh, in training camp throughout the week. But it just seems like they handled Mitch as the starter and and Rudolph as the backup. And then Pickett got the the, the bulk of the playing time, which you you would normally do with a rookie in preseason. So to me, it just doesn't even feel like a competition anymore. I kind of thought maybe it was, up until the preseason game, but the way Tomlin handled things, it seemed like he was—he already is, has determined that Trubisky is his—it's his job to lose. I mean, do you guys agree, or, or do you think there's still an open competition? I, I don't think th- I don't think there was ever an open competition. There is only an open competition if Mitch Trubisky came in and stunk up the joint. I—I I, I really think, in my heart of hearts and in my head, I—I I think that. Um, <laughs> I, I really do. Uh, okay. what, one thing that I, I do think though, is that there's a competition for number two and three. And I actually think that if, uh, if he's on the roster, Mason Rudolph is your number two quarterback and that's not a threat. Can he pick it now before I get into this next comment about a rumor that just started circulating today? Go ahead, Shannon. Just one quick comment. Uh, to answer Tony's question, I think it's it's at the point now. Sometimes you need a change of scenery, you know, because they say they say Mason Rudolph was named the starter and he wins the position outright. You, you know, you heard him boo on one play after one play. If he was to have a bad game, you know, much less two in a row, you know, I mean, it's it's unrealistic pressure that is that was on him now. That he won't have if he goes somewhere else, and I think that are for him if that was to happen. Um, you know, in the long run, if, if he has a real opportunity to be a starter uh, and and be in an open competition, as you say, because I do believe Trubisky is, 
you know, the guy they veer pick to be the starter. All right, Shannon, you ruined it for me by jumping in because now Andrew Wilbar is still in my thunder in the live chat with something I'm just about to say. Now he's going to get take credit for the brilliance of this and not me, but that's okay. You're all my guys. Andrew's one of my guys. So I have no problem with that. I'm going to get I'm to that sorry, in a second. No, that, that, that's all right, buddy. That was a poignant thought. Now, what I'm going to say here, I'm going to wrap up the Mason Rudolph stuff on the booing with this. Mason is not a threat to the Steelers fans. The reason he's not a threat to the Steelers fans is because, think about this, if he plays well and the other two guys suck, then you have your quarterback and you acknowledge the mistakes that you made. You've got somebody to carry the mail. And then you're not blaming Mason, you're blaming the organization for their choices. That's what you need to blame. That's who you need to blame, and that's exactly what you have to do. If Mason Rudolph plays well and the other guys play well, then he's not a threat at all because they're going to win the job over him. That's what they were brought in to do. If Mason Rudolph plays well, the other guys play well, and somebody gets hurt across the league, Zach Wilson, there was a thought that Zach Wilson could be done for the year, He's only out for four weeks, so probably not going to the Jets. And then Andrew Filipponi comes out today, and I'm going to go ahead and bring up – let us not forget that live chat. I, I just want to say that. Um, let us not forget about uh, that live chat, but where's it? Where's Andrew here? So Andrew was saying about what Filipponi said, and he talked to – Let's see, here it is. If Pony's info is right for once, Pickett may be the QB too. He's saying that a former GM told him Rudolph could be traded to the Lions by the end of the week, hoping a reliable source will mention it. Hey, look, I look, a lot of people hate Philipponi. <laughs> Philipponi does a good job of what he's doing. He's a hype man. He's there to pick you off a little bit, but he's a smart guy. Right. And he's not going to say that if it's a lie. He's a, he's not. So he's heard it. Is it does that mean it's going to be true? I mean, we, we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be true, but we do know that that's a possibility. So what if he does get traded to the Lions? Then there you go. His good play means that you you get you get draft capital which you badly need for it, Tony. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Mason Rudolph playing well can only benefit the Steelers in a number of ways. You know, it, as you said, it increases his trade value. Uh, and you know, if the other two guys don't measure up, then he's your starter and yeah, you wish you drafted somebody in the first round or you signed Mr. Bisky, but the, the, the bottom line is you find, you found a quarterback and those guys are so hard to find. I mean, <laughs> they really are. So However many uh, eggs you have to, to break before you make your omelet, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day because the, the starting quarterback makes up or makes is, is so much of the, the equation when it comes to a championship football team. So, yeah, Mason Rudolph, if he gets traded, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked, obviously, because it's we've been talking about it for months and now these rumors are seem to be uh, uh, heating up. So, yeah, let's continue to, to hope that Mason Rudolph gets better and not, you know, uh, close our minds to the fact that, that that 
you know, he, he couldn't improve as a 20 something quarterback in the NFL with more playing time. Tony, I want you to go ahead and read this. Thardo oh, Barbera geez. gives us $2. Thank you, Thardo. Tony, read it. it. Says Tony joined my cult pickings for elder God. Well, like I told you before, uh, Thardo, and I, and I met this guy uh, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago at uh, Kelly's bar in East Liberty. Nice. I'm going to join. A, yeah. Yeah. It was my, one of my first encounters with a, with a listener. And it was, it was, it was pleasantly, uh, 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 pleasant. But anyway, uh, I, like I said a few weeks ago, uh, $2 is not enough for me to join a cult. I mean, I, I my friends, <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go in hiding. You know, there's going to be the, the deprogramming when, when I'm out of the cult. I mean, two bucks. I need more than that for my security. A beautiful woman would make you join a cult, Tony. Uh, probably at this point, yes, yes, <laughs> right, right, right. But not two we're gonna, bucks. We're going to talk about the wide receivers, but before I do that, I've got to bring up somebody in the live chat. First time I've ever seen this man in the live chat, and as you guys know, I I spent nine years in West Virginia, and that's where my I always talk about how I always hung out at Steeler Central with a bunch of Steeler fans, and it was my home away from home. I had no family; these people became my family. Kind of like a cult. It was a Steelers cult. And that I see uh, this one gentleman gave me a nickname, used to call me Hitman for some reason. And I got to bring him up because one of my favorite people in this world, Gene Calgill, Thundering Herd. He's a Marshall fan there, Shannon. Is that okay? Because yeah, I know you're fine. West Virginia guys. Is that <laughs> all right, Marshall? Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. But one of, one of, uh, ah, man, I love this guy. Gene's following me here on uh, BTSC, checking us out. Gene, you tell everybody at Steelers Central. Hitman said hi. We love you. Elkins, West Virginia. We love you, Elkins. Um, so there you go. I just wanted to bring up my friend Gene there, too. Let's talk about these receivers, guys. We don't have much time left in the show, but a lot of people were sit asking, who are the six? Who's yeah. going to be the six that makes it? And one guy that's making it is George Pickens. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep this quick. Shannon White, Tony Defio. I think he is right now probably your favorite for NFL Rookie of the Year. I don't oh. like that. I don't want him to be. But would you agree that George Pickens is has caught the attention of the entire National Football League and the fans, the media, and there's going to be a lot of excitement about this guy. Shannon? And, of course, all of us as Hiller Nation, he's, you know, he's so much like Martavius Bryant. Uh, if Bryant was, had the superior route running ability and, the and, you know, the toe tap, and uh, he just seems like a more polished and especially off the field, uh, Martavius Bryant, he, he is that athletic and that talented. So I'm super excited about watching him. He has superstar potential. Tony, I, I think you think the same thing, right? Yeah, uh, Shannon stole my word, polished. I just can't believe how how polished this guy looks and how well-rounded he is as a receiver at this point. And, you know, we saw like so many different kind of catches from him the other night. I mean, the sideline catch was maybe mm. almost as impressive as the, uh, the yeah. I mean, the way yeah, he spun just... <laughs> his body control and yeah, the, yeah. the toe tap in the corner of the end zone. I mean, and it didn't surprise me. That's, that's where we're at with this guy already. I was not shocked. Like, you know me, I'm, I'm, 
I've been on his pro Mason platform for weeks now. And I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. He had George Pickens to bail him out after that, after, after all those booze. I mean, he made him look good. I mean, that's how valuable this guy is. And <laughs> it's just, it's just amazing. Uh, when you, uh, you, you talk about like the a torn ACL and how that, how that, you know, got, you know, fate, how fate works and mm-hmm. him being there in the second round. It's just incredible. I think this is the most excitement that Steelers fans have, have had about a guy that was not a number one pick in years. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think this guy is exciting. I'm really, I'm really jazzed to watch him. Now, here's another guy that we're hearing a lot about Steven Sims. Yes. I mean, it's going to be, he benefited from Anthony Miller getting hurt. Mm-hmm. So did the next guy I'm going to talk about. And I am telling you right now, I am going to be upset if Gunnar Olszewski is not on this roster because I think he has the potential to continue to be an all-pro. I think if they keep six, I think they're going to keep six so they could keep him because he's going to be very important to those special teams. And I really think, uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, uh, just because... He's he's a small player, and he came from New England. I'm not trying to make him a an Edelman or a Wes Welker, but he seems like one. And a lot of people are uh, have noticed him and what he did in that situation. He showed that he could be a lot better than what Ryan Switzer was here. And Ryan Switzer wasn't as bad as you guys think he was, but this guy is a hundred times better. So all I'll say about Oshevsky is need to see that guy there but then you've got a guy like boykin who's a special teams ace right who is who was really good in that game yeah steven sims was really good in that game some guys are going to make other rosters and stay uh-huh. the whole season uh-huh. um we haven't even begun to see what calvin austin the third can do so it's hard to do the six and please, I think Claypool's going to have an amazing season. I think he's going to be good too. Is he going to have? Are you going to have Antonio Brown type numbers? None of these guys really can because there's so many mouths to feed. But really, the problem that you're having right now is not a problem. You've got <laughs> this is this is the ultimate Mike Tomlin. You're st- you're trying to stuff five pounds into a three pound bag. You're Hmm. trying to stuff nine good receivers onto a six-man stable. Uh So all I'm going to say is I'll take this problem. No, Monka, Ryan Switzer did not suck. Ryan Switzer (laughs) was – he did not – yes, he did not have the yards per catch. But the thing is, he had good hands, and he was a reliable return man. You knew he was not going to drop the football. He didn't suck. But you didn't have anything around him. This guy's a better version of Ryan Switzer. And Ryan Switzer did some things to win games on this team. It's not just black and white. Forest from trees. You got to do that. Uh, So with that being said, it's hard for us to give you the six right now. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be exciting. So forget about the trade Claypool stuff. If you're going to trade anybody, yeah, tr- look look to trade a Mason 
right now because he's good. Right. Because he can benefit you. But that's that's what we're talking about. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, average at best. I'll take average, James. That's fine. But average is a whole lot better than I would be out on that field. I, I will tell you that. And when you needed that first down and Ben needed three yards, he would get them to that scarecrow and statue. I mean, 53 guys on the team, you're going to have people that aren't great. You guys, you guys, that's fine. You can disagree with me. I have no problem with that. But there was some value to the man when he was here. Just because he wasn't a superstar, we forget about that value. So there we go. But with that being said, gentlemen, there was a lot of things to be excited about. There's still some concerns, definitely on defense. We know that. Don't have time to get into the defense right now. But all we can say is there's another week of Steeler football. We're going to be talking about the Jaguars next week. I am excited. We're not talking about the Jaguars. We're going to talk about what the Steelers can do against the Jaguars and who shows up. And there's still people we need to show up. The one guy we do need to show up more than anybody, Shannon, Tony, would you agree? Devin Bush. We need to see more from Devin Bush. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I've already – I kind of moved away from that. Uh, I, I, I hope to be pleasantly surprised. But like I said, an inside linebacker that seems to be adverse to contact, it, it will never work. The inside linebackers, you know, they seek out, the, you know, heat-seeking missile. You know, that's what they usually – they're firing in there. And uh, it was rough. That game was rough. Uh, Bush was out of position. He wasn't aggressive. He looked terrible. Buddy Johnson was lost. He didn't know what he was doing, where he was going. And I'm I'm rooting for Buddy, but I didn't see it. And Robertson was just inexperienced. So some of his was – that was some of his mistakes. But at least he finally made a play trying to be aggressive. But, yeah, they need Bush to show up big time or they need to try to make a move because they need another inside linebacker. That seems to be the consensus. And I will just tell you this, that uh, we will just see what happens with these players. And uh, there is a full preseason to find out what you have in these guys. I am really, if I'm rooting for anybody right now, I'm rooting for Devin Bush. I think number one, we need to see this guy uh, come back to what he can be. And James A. Whitfield Jr. says that he had no protection from the D-line. Bush will be all right. Hmm. You know, he was on an island when there's no Cam, no Larry O, no Tyson Alulu. You know, th that's a possibility. But so, Jacks look good. Jacks look excellent. Jacks is good. It's same guys was in front of him. I mean... I mean, people want to make excuses for Bush, but if you really watch him, he, he is not aggressive and he is not seeking out contact. I I get it. I, I get it. Let's give him two more weeks and I will uh I'll be on your bandwagon, Shannon. <laughs> I, I promise you. I, I will. Um you know, I, I get it. I'm ready, I'm ready to see. Man, everybody agrees with you, Shannon. And most people agree with you in the live chat. All I'm gonna say is. I want to see this guy through just like I want to see Mason through he's black and gold and uh, I'm supporting him until he's not black and gold and I'll still support him. Just not like I would with black and gold. 
So with that being said, gentlemen, it was a great show. Make sure you go back and check out Let's Ride, Winners and Losers from the Seattle preseason game with Jeff Hartman. Make sure you check out two great shows tomorrow, The Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict and The Steelers Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar, who graced us with his presence tonight in the live chat. Check that out. Lots of great stuff happening here at BTSC. Anytime there's Steelers news, we are going to have it here. We have it here first. We're pretty good. Non-stop shop, one-stop shop, it's all here. And gentlemen, for Tony Defio, for Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. Thanks so much. We love you. You might not disagree with, with everything I say. You definitely won't agree with everything I say, but I'm thankful for you in our live chat and even on the road when I don't even know you're in the chat. When you're listening by yourself alone, you're so integral to what we do. You are amuses. Thank you, live chat. You keep on coming back. Listeners, keep on coming back. We love you. For Shannon, for Tony, I'm Brian. Just when you think that you've got all of the answers... We keep changing the questions. Shannon, take us home. Yes, my man. The woo is there. We will see you next week for another hangover on BTSC. That's behind the still curtain.com. Stop and check it out.